This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 42 of season 2. And today I was reminded of that old podcast I did about sometimes a snake is just a snake. We're having all kinds of issues over here. We're living in a very, very old house, and we have a well, and so we noticed that our lot bill and I'm not kidding, was almost $200 more a month than normal. And we ain't made of that kind of money, y'all. And I had the fella from the co-op come out here and do a look-see, and I think we all pretty much agreed what was going on. The well had a leak somewhere. And still that didn't make enough sense to me. How would that cost so much money, you know? I mean, it's not a huge horsepower situation, and it's just running all the damn time. That will run your bill up, but... Turns out the leak was on the hot water. I don't know if y'all have ever started a project and it just kept on going down and down down into your pocketbook and into a world in which you do not have time to fix. But this problem led to something like that. You know, the floors underneath the sink are messed up and rotted and it's time to replace all of them. But then we've got to concern ourselves with the fact that The sliding glass door is not on a sturdy enough frame and has to be reframed right there where that, it just goes on and on and looks like, looks like shiny money. I want to be the person who's picking my battles, but I don't know how to win this one. So that's fun. Anyway, I talked my partner into just going ahead and fixing the hot water and let's just walk on faith. We're going to get the money later because we do not have time to be ripping up. (laughs) rotted floors and oh buying new floors but I don't think it was the cast I don't think I got hit with negative energy I think I live in a damn old house y'all and shit happens Mm -hmm. you know the upside of knowing that this place is gonna be paid off within the next 24 months is the only thing I hold on to when I think about people that you know y'all folks who have nice houses and I'm real proud for you I made my decision It's fine, but I have to remember I'm only having to worry about it for two more years, and that's a deep relief, although I really do want a dishwasher. Can't get everything you want, so we're going to move along. The garden continues to be my, you know, I want to look at this differently, but I'm going to start with this. My ultimate fall down and skin your knees as a farmer. Never plant sweet potatoes in your high tunnel. It is eating it. It looks like something out of Little Shop of Horrors in there. 54 foot of this thing. And I better damn well have some beautiful purple sweet potatoes when it's done. And in the future, I will figure out where the hell these damn things are going if I want to plant them again. On the other hand, usually I'm down there working my ass off and picking peppers and canning things. And since I can't get in there anymore... (laughs) It'd take a backhoe to get in there. I don't have anything I have to do down there. I got a lot more time with y'all. Next year, I'll work it out. This year, I'm going to accept it. 
as a beautiful defeat. But y'all, honey bunnies, y'all know I am still a farmer. Just because my little plot went down and early doesn't mean I'm not who I've been, who I'm working to be. And that has been sticking in my craw lately, this idea of um, titles and who gets to give them and how they're owned. Well, it's always pissed me off, y'all, that, you know, the government, the U.S. government will not allow anyone to be called a farmer unless they make a $1,000 a year off their produce. Now, you know, circa the old days, if you were farming and had enough to, I guess, keep your community uh, going and your family going, you were still a farmer. It was an activity. It was a dedication to the land. It was, you know, what you did to live. But now we have to have that uh, lovely little capitalist value added to our work to be considered that and I just call horseshit on that y'all I do I want to warn y'all I'm feeling a certain kind of saltiness tonight and I know I'm usually sugary sweet but I'm not always um smooth like butter sometimes things actually do get my crawl and they run around in there and make me want to throw down a little bit and I've got something in mind I certainly do. I'd ask for beginner stories, and I've gotten a couple, and I want to read them today, and thank y'all for sending them in. But before I do, I have a couple one, two, three things to say. I've been really careful about not getting into it, and I don't want to get into it with anybody. However, since everybody's got an opinion these days, so do I. This issue with whether or not you can call yourself a witch. I tell y'all what, y'all done pissed off this old country witch out here. And I speak for myself today. But I also would like to say, we don't have some kind of grand poobah list. I mean, I'm sure that certain factions of our craft do. And that's fine. And you know what? While we're on it, I respect that. I respect that very much. You know exactly what you're asking to study. These folk have been out there working on this for eons, and they know exactly what they're teaching you. That's awesome. But that's not the whole of witchcraft. And in fact, while we're at it, being a witch, well, let's just back it up. I have a doctorate. I know it doesn't matter to most of us. And in fact, most of the time, it doesn't make a shit to me. Okay? However... I do understand words, linguistics, and I've seen a lot of contention out there that, you know, y'all solitary witches that I guess haven't studied to a certain place that y'all need to be, that y'all cannot call yourself witch. It's a title. Priestesses, priest is, in certain covens, there are all kinds of other ones teacher even is but which we need to concern ourselves with whether or not we want to go there now y'all know how much i just abhor dogma but i suppose that there should be a little bit of a railing around those other terms after all there is study involved in that there is a sacrifice i know as a teacher (laughs) involved in some of those 
And some folks, uh, like my beloved Willow, have spent 10 years trying to get to something like that. And she's uh, graduating on Mabin, and she's going to be at the very top of her game as far as I could take her. Unless she wants to go learn with somebody else, which is fine, by the way. But I didn't tell her when she came to me all those damn years ago. I didn't say, oh, you're not a witch. Let me grant it unto you. What a load. If we are going to say, as witches, that anyone else who wants to claim the craft and claim the identity of that path has to read a certain number of books and has to study for a certain amount of time under somebody or any other nice list of rules and regulations that you might want to impose. Can I ask y'all, who is going to determine that syllabi? Mm-hmm. I want to know who's determining it. I want to know how many books are going on it. I mean, who is the board of education here? Because I have a complaint. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really pissed off. Ah, <laughs> oh, which is not a title to me. Now, you know, I also will listen to myself and go, well, no, I can't tell somebody else that they can't call it a title. Okay. But to me, it is not a title. Doesn't linguistically add up. Uh, the etymology of the word won't even line up. It's not a title, it is a state of being. It is a spiritual calling, and whether or not people want to hear this, sometimes it's a choice. Mm -hmm. You can walk away from a calling, but it's not, in my estimation, a title. So, can you imagine me telling an atheist, oh, you can't call yourself an atheist, honey bunny. You haven't studied long enough. And y'all, I've heard the other side of this argument that, oh my God, they could get hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They sure as fuck can. And who are you to get in the way of that? It's one thing to say, y'all new witches out there, you need to be very concerned. The spirit world is listening. And some of the things you might do, you could hurt yourself or others. But unless we're going to have a high tribunal and try these new witches... <laughs> Or stand guard over them or put them in bubbles, they're probably gonna get hurt. You know? I know that not all witches are pagan, although I've always found that so strange, but I am. And that is a spiritual path for me as well. You know, it's sort of the basis underlining my craft, and it's nature based. And y'all, while I know y'all know, that I try very hard to take care of nature and love it and walk with it and honestly feel a lot of awe and respect and understand myself as a very small piece of that. Nature, honey, she's a scary bitch. I mean, <laughs> it's not all sunlight and roses out there. And good luck if you're a rabbit living in the woods. So... This idea that we can sanitize a witch and carefully monitor his or her craft and decide, maybe test out when they are to the place that we deem high enough to be called this thing. Oh, what a load of shit. This is a load of shit. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I can't be politically cool. I just can't. 
I mean, why can't y'all just let them fuck up? Put out good stuff. Say, look, here's some concerns. Put out really beautiful books that have lots of good guidance in them. Hope for the best, but really? Now, I'm not going to say gatekeeping because I think this is even worse. I do. It's like telling to tell somebody they're not gay. Who the hell are we to try to determine something as innate and sacred as their spiritual path? Y'all, I just would like to argue that there is a difference between the designation of witch, okay? Someone who is attempting to practice the craft or doing it really well, whatever, but that is their path. And priestess or teacher or grand poobah, whatever, there are differences there. Because to me, which is something that if you tried to take it from me, I think I would die. I would not thrive. And it is terrifying to me that this is getting propagated out to these young witches. And I get it. I get that half of this is out of the horror of what we've seen on TikTok. Well, y'all have seen on TikTok. I don't live over there, but I've heard about it. And still, they're not, yeah, there may be some stuff out there disgracing our path and disgracing our name, but I kind of feel like I'm above it. It's fun and it's on them. Do we not trust our gods and our goddesses? Do we not trust the universe to take care of that? Are we really that scared of baby witches? While we're throwing the babies out with the bathwater, are we considering those sweet little nanas out there who finally found something that makes them not want to die, that makes them feel full of life and vibrancy and is giving them hope? And we're walking along and go, oh, hell no, girl, and ripping that sash right off their chest. You aren't good enough yet. I'll let you know when. Y'all, some folks need to go to the woodshed and maybe do a little shadow work on why they're saying that kind of stuff. Saw something like this roll by the other day. I had, I tell y'all, I had to sleep on it because I almost wrote a comment. We all know you can't get anywhere in a witch war. And we all know you can't get anywhere arguing on the damn interwebs. I had to call my friend and talk to him a little while and just breathe through it because I felt, I felt defensive. Not about me. I've read so many damn books on witchcraft and studied so much and been to the conferences and oh good grief, I'm educated. It's not about me. It's about what, what's happening to all these No, I know we're not supposed to call them baby witches, whatever, newbies, whatever, people that are finding the path. It's about that. It's about closing them down before they even picked up an athame. Can we just back up? Who the hell do we think we are? They're not taking anything from us. Is that what's going on here, ego? Please, don't you think they know they haven't learned enough? This is not the way. I'm sorry. It's just not the way to be a teacher. That's not how you teach. I think I can speak to that. I've been a university professor 22 years. Can I speak about being a teacher? I know if you tell some poor soul in that classroom that his point or her point or their point isn't valid, 
because they haven't read enough. Let me tell y'all, one of my favorite things to do, and I get that I'm very angry. Y'all just try to bear with me. I'm, I'm still subba. One of my favorite things to do is that uh, Dead Poet Society. I know y'all remember what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie action of ripping out the introduction of a book because I didn't want those students to just regurgitate what they thought was the proper way. I wanted to hear their innate thoughts, their own magic, you know, and then after they found it, yeah, we'd go look, we'd go look at all these decorated highfalutin scholars, usually dead white men, just to see if what they had to say, whether or not we agree with it or didn't, or if it informed our opinions. But there is something to be said about that raw, beautiful knowledge that we carry within ourselves. And if we're eclipsing that, y'all, that is worse than gatekeeping. So if you're out there telling folks they're not allowed to call themselves a witch because there was a certain standard they had to get to first, And of course, then being elusive and not telling them where that line is. Maybe you ought to question what you're selling. Hmm. Anyway, let me calm down a little bit. I am rightly pissed off, but, you know, I've never done this before that I can remember. And uh, I know I have an audience out there that is part of, you know, different traditions and different covens. But I also know I have an audience out there of solitaries. And it's not easy to find a teacher. And in fact, if you don't know what you're doing, it could even be dangerous. I mean, I understand if you live in a remote location, if you have anxiety, if whatever, if you want to walk a solitary path, maybe that's it. And I just wanted to come in here and be one of the voices of some old witch out there on the internet that says, "Uh uh-uh. Nobody puts baby in a corner. If you are walking this path, if you are attempting to learn what you can, if you're feeling it in your heart, no one gets to tell you when you're good enough to call yourself a witch. And you just remember what Mama Seba said because I swanny and it makes me so on fire. <laughs> Let's go on. <sighs> Can't tell if it's a hot flash or if I'm really about ready to break a wine glass, y'all. I have a letter from a beginner and it was beautiful. It's wandering in nature and boy, don't I love a good wander. Let's hear about her experience, y'all wanna? All right, here we go. My dearest Seba, as I sit here tonight by my fire pit, which for obvious reasons does not contain a fire at the moment. I mean, it's sticky as hell out here. I found myself wanting to reach out and tell my story. In a recent podcast, you asked for stories from those who are new to the practice. And while I feel like mine is nothing extraordinary, I thought I would take the opportunity and share it with someone that might understand. I'm sipping on some bourbon. Oh, girl, how'd you know my weakness? So if this is long-winded, I do apologize. If you feel like you want to share any of this, you may do so. But please call me, hmm, Trixie. That'll work. By the way, honey, I've been watching, well, it's my second run through, um, Call the Midwife. I love this show so much. And my favorite character is Trixie, so points. Anyway, she goes on to say, 
I grew up in the mountains of North Georgia and always felt a pull towards the land. It's easy to do that with mountains. They sort of call to you and there's no escaping their ever-present beauty. I grew up in a Christian household, as most of us did down here in the South. And during my teenage years, I started to find myself skipping church in order to spend time riding horses or driving tractors at a friend's farm. Being outside in nature always felt far more comforting than sitting in a pew being talked at. After college, I found myself in a larger town with a lot of distractions and no mountains, and I lost myself for a few years. I got married and started a family, and a few years ago, we were looking to buy a new house with a little bit of land. We did not choose the house we were living in. It chose us. This is where my story really begins, and I won't bore you with the details. But at the time, I would have called it a miracle. And again, Trixie, that's my story and how I got my land. We need to talk about that. Y'all don't let me forget. One day, I need to tell you the story. Let me hush and go back to her letter. The yard was nothing but dirt, not a blade of grass to be seen. The woods around the house were so overgrown with vines that it has taken us years to open up the property and let some sunlight in. And once we started clearing out all the invasive and entangled mess that surrounded the home, I saw the land come alive. We found out we had a creek in the ravine behind the house. Grass took over the front yard and uncovered a plethora of flowering shrubs that had almost succumbed to the vines. As I watched the land awaken, I also heard its call, and I started listening harder. I started walking the property daily and making notes of the plants I saw. Carolina allspice, goldenrod, passionflower, blackberry, purple dead metal, chickweed. I wanted to know what they were and how I could use them. And once I was done looking down, I looked up. I realized that there was a large, mature oak tree on every side of my house, inches away. They all intertwine over the house and keep it nice and cool and protected. One water oak, one white oak, and two black oak trees encircle my home and protect us. They ward off evil, disperse the wind, and watch over my family, and I love them for it. The water oak even has a large slit in it that is always home to a hive of bees. They talk to me, and I talk to them and thank them for their protection. The land spirits and tree spirits here are palpable. I feel them every day. We have removed a few trees, but have used them to make terrace garden beds down the slope in the back or steps down to the creek. We even used a couple as posts for our gate at the end of the driveway where two gargoyles keep evil at bay. Starting to think we might be the same person, Trixie. Cause, same. Anyway. Because of this land, I have found a new path that brings me joy every day. I can walk outside and plant my bare feet in the grass and talk to the trees and feel them respond. That is a feeling I will never get tired of. And I know my journey is only the beginning. Sorry that was so long. I don't have anyone to tell these stories to. And I am walking a solitary path. I did want you to know that every evening after supper, I wait for the sun to drop behind the trees and then head out to the garden to tend to things and talk to my plants. I will turn on one of your podcasts and just listen to your sweet southern voice 
while I toil in the garden. This is just me, Tom, my happy place. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us. It makes us feel not so alone on this wonderful journey. Trixie. Trixie, honey, I think you're one bomb-ass witch. The same stuff that was kind of iring me up, and I'm sorry I was so ired, y'all. I'm calming down, smoothing that alligator. (laughs) But some of that stuff that's out there also speaks to how witches have to, you know, we have to teach and we have to share our magic. And (sighs) I don't think such a premise is deeply understanding that when we share it with the land and our very family, that's good enough. We have to remember that some of us witches do believe that, well, I wouldn't say believe, but operate in a way that's more secretive. Which, by the way, is also one of the paths of the historicity of being a witch. You know, I don't hold any truck with anybody who wants to sell their craft. I understand it, especially if they've worked very hard and they've thought really long about the work that they're selling. I trust that. Y'all are doing great work. Hell yes. Do you, boo-boo. But to turn back to a solitary or a secretive witch and say, you must open the doors to that. Mm. What is it you want? What is it you want out of me? You know, some of us aren't like that, honey. And that's not, well, (laughs) that's not very cool to demand that family secrets be handed down or handed over. Just end up with a designation of which, well, I guess you can take that life and term from me over my cold, dead hands because I'm not letting go of it. None of us have to do a damn thing. What is the point of being a witch? Oh my God. If you are working with the land spirits, Trixie, and you are working with the tree spirits and you're doing such beautiful, magical work in your garden, you are already doing enough. You're giving those bees a safe place to live. You're beginning. Well, honey, that sounds about as sacred as it gets. I just love it. And by the way, I'm a big gargoyle girl. I only have two and I want more, but I should put that on my agenda. They work. I have mine down there on on my passed away familiar's beds, you know, where they lie. That's where my gargoyles are sitting. They used to sit at the entrance to my front porch. And I think I need to get more so they can go back to doing that work because they're not coming off those grave sites. Thank you for sharing this story with me. It reminded me so much of my own little walk back over here in the middle of the country when I found this forgotten home with a big-ass burn pile in the front yard and overwhelmed with invasive species that we've had to work so hard to pull back. And now it's a, it's a wonderland. So I think the work you're doing is beautiful. All right, I did get one more. And this is Ashley. And she says, hey, Seba, I wanted to start this email off by giving you the biggest thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your stories, your voice, and your wisdom have been what I believe I've been looking for. Well, honey, don't put all that on me. You see, I can get salty and I'm not perfect. I'm a mess, baby. Anyway, I've been listening to your podcast for about half a year now, I think. But I found your show on Spotify when I was looking for something from the universe. 
letting me know that I wasn't alone out here. I found SFW and gave the first episode a listen and I was hooked. Your words lit a fire inside of me, and I burned every damn journal, card, or anything that reminded me, damn honey, of the past that I was spending most of my time in. Oh, I get it. Yes, queen. Yes. Just burn that up. That's a witch. Let it go. So again, thank you for giving me the kick in the ass that I needed to get a start on my path to finally healing. I am 31 years old, married to the perfect person for me for the last nine years, and we have five cats. Sounds like a good life to me, girl. We live in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm, What's up, neighbor? And I like to cook, bake, play video games, and watch and listen to music, podcasts, live streams. It's a lot going on here in my free time. I wanted to start this path when I was a teenager. I did not grow up in the best of homes. My mother was emotionally abusive. My stepfather sexually abused me. And I was dating a jerk as well. I am so sorry, sweetheart. Also, same-ish. Let's see, where were we? I picked it up as a hobby at first. I was your typical rebellious teen and wanted to piss my mother off. I wore all black, I listened to heavy metal, I liked anime, etc. My mother was very religious, so I had to stay in the broom closet, and eventually I got tired of hiding everything and stopped. I donated the small collection of books I had been able to buy and focused more on academia. Even though I gave up on the path, the path did not give up on me. I would always think back and wonder, what if I hadn't given up on it? How it started shining brighter for me was when my partner and I got the house we live in now. In 2020, I wanted out of our old house because that's where my stepfather was living. Please don't ask. It's too long and complicated. Oh, honey, I wouldn't. I get it. I wasn't aware I was casting spells when I would look up to the night sky and ask for a house. Any house with four walls, a roof, and enough space for my partner me and our five cats, why ask for a house you can't find an apartment in Birmingham where you won't be charged out the ass? I didn't know anything about parameters and spell work, so I didn't give any. And then both my partner's dad and grandmother died about a month apart from each other. I was devastated. Wait a second, are you thinking you caused that? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I have to come back to that. I'll keep going. Even though we had been blessed, I thought I'd caused it. Yep, you did. Caused it since I had begged for it. It happened again in May of this year when my stepfather passed away suddenly. I performed a freezing spell so that he would stop always calling me and let me live my life without him. I remember saying in my head over and over, leave me alone. The next week he passed. Both of these events have taught me the power that I have inside of me, the power of my words. They taught me the difference between what I want and what I need. Oh, I'm dying to talk to all this, but I have to finish the letter. I hope this is what you were asking for, and I'm sorry it's a bit late. Life stuff, introversion, perfectionism, and all, lol. But again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you do. It may just be another podcast recording day to you. Okay, you're getting to me. But to me, 
and others, I'm sure, you are a lifeline that keeps some of us here on our darkest days with love, Ashley. You're trying to make me cry, and I have on my mascara, Ashley. All right, there's a lot going on here I want to talk to. It does sound like you have some real magic coming out of those little fingertips, my love. However, can we take a step back from you caused all this? Just hold on, honey. Now, let me just start with, I don't know. Maybe you are the most powerful witch in the world. Maybe you are the kind, and I have met them, that can just simply think about killing somebody, you know, just as, you know, how we do. Oh, this asshole, you know, but not really mean it. And then, boof, it happens. You do understand that, first of all, that would be extraordinarily powerful for this many to occur. And second of all, that it usually takes just a little bit more than that. And I want you to hear me, and so you don't take it that I'm absolutely certain, you know, that, that you're wrong. I'm not absolutely certain, honey. Although, I would say that this would be extraordinary. I do believe you want your house probably led that house to you. I absolutely do believe that. A cause and a death, well, there's no way I'm ever going to teach it because it can be a little complicated and there are negotiations to be made. Now, see, in the first part of this paragraph, you're saying that you wanted that house so bad you thought two people died. Now, unless you said in that spell, and, no, and I'm not making fun of you, I'm just remembering I went through something like this when I was younger and I'm kind of giggling at myself and you know how we beat ourselves up. But if you didn't actually make that a qualifier and then there wasn't a particular deity situation, whatever, that you were actually trying to sacrifice those people to, while magic cost you a little something, I don't think it'll cost you that much. So let's give ourselves a break there and let's not blame magic for everything that's happening around us. I don't think that's what happened here. Now, the other one. Well, I'm not going to speak to it on the air. If you want to talk about it, we can write back and forth to each other. It seems too private. But sometimes when we let go of people who have been very abusive, very hurtful, and we ask the universe to, and use your terms, freeze the situation and not allow it to happen anymore. Sometimes I do believe, I have believed, that the universe, the great mama, use your terms, takes care of something if they determine that to be worthy of taking care of. You didn't ask for it. You didn't. And I would say it was probably going to happen anyway. Sounds like your stepfather had a lot of stuff going on he had to answer to. And for all you know, this was just a coincidence. But, you know, if you stepped out of the way and really let him go or insisted he let go of you, is what I think I'm trying to say. Well, he didn't have your energy anymore to keep him alive and kicking on the planet, did he? And that, I think, would have been fair for you to say. No more of me. The answer is no. The door is closed. We are done. Don't take it on yourself when people die, honey. Probably didn't look for that, and I'm not sure I should have said any of that. But I did want you to know that I did the same thing to myself over a situation a long-ass time ago. And the more I think about it, the more I see 
He was answering to things that he had done, you know? He was no longer under my protection, no longer hiding within my misplaced and knocked about love. There was nothing left of me, however misguided, keeping him safe. You know, left out in the dark like that, things happen. But I most certainly didn't ask for him to die. And I most certainly don't think I'm quite that powerful. Magic does take energy, but it usually takes it very much in kind. Do you know what I'm saying? The weights, the scales tend to be kind of, depends on who you're working with. But with my great mama, it's a fair exchange. You know, for instance, when I wanted my home, there was a loophole and she really enjoyed that loophole in my spell. (laughs) It was everything I ever wanted. And way far away from town. (laughs) And I was still a brick and mortar university professor. So that was hard. And also the um, deed was not a comfortable position. And we had to do something else. Anyway, there was another spell I did one time. And it was to find my true love. The one that I knew I would be with for the rest of my life. Or at least, you know, somebody that I could be with that long. And I did the whole long list of everything I wanted. And I was very clear about it. It was a very old spell. I'm not going to go any further with it. But I was taught by a beautiful old woman. It always seems to work. Usually within about a moon or two. So it's pretty potent, this one. I mean, I had sense of humor up there. And, you know, I didn't really care about money. Should have, but I didn't. What I mean by I should have is that it didn't even cross my mind. I had all the most important things to me and a life partner. Um, gender didn't even really come in. But they were all set in stone. And I didn't say a damn thing about age either. And within about one moon, I met him. I was 42. He was 27. And I mean, those markers were just dead on. I mean, it was practically, uh, well... It was almost practical magic with the little markers of colored eyes and things like that. It was dead on, but there was a 15-year age gap, and um, that was really hard to traverse. She loved playing with me like that, always teaching me a lesson. But you see, I did have to pay an energy exchange for that, and I had to do it for years. I had to work on that part of my marriage, that age gap, which didn't matter. Not in the way that other people say it does, but it mattered to me and for us to be very close and get past the fact that I had kids and he did not. And you get the idea. There was work and an energy exchange for that. Also, sometimes when I do spells, I get um, I get headaches. Almost always know they're coming. So drink a lot of water, maybe take an ibuprofen. (laughs) The headaches are coming usually for me. And sometimes that's the energy exchange. I would hate for you to think that the spell that you cast had caused the lives of loved ones. It's uh, very unlikely, my dear. Also, I want to tell you that I am honored that I'm part of your journey. You know, there are a lot of good podcasts out there. And I think I've told y'all before of the ones that I really do love. And um, one of them being That Witch Life. 
they really think through things before they say things. And I appreciate the teaching end of that and the interviews that they're doing. And also the Science Witch podcast, which is a little bit more science-minded, but I love it too. And I need to make a whole list of the ones that I follow and love. There's some I just started following. I want to really dig in before I'd say anything about that. But, you know, before I started podcasting, Ashley, I did not listen to podcasts. Didn't know what they were. Didn't understand how to do them. And now that I have my favorites, and I only have four that I listen to all the time, they're in my ears when I'm working outside, that are music, and it is like having a friend. So I'm honored that I'm that for you, because so many others are that for me. All right, I'm going to get out of here. We had a huge flush of golden oysters uh, occur. (laughs) And I've got the entire countertop and the kitchen covered, and that was only half the hall, so I gotta move. Y'all keep reading, y'all keep learning, but don't let anybody ever take that sparkle from you. Only you know whether or not you're a witch. And bat children, if all y'all have are the stars and the trees and the land spirits and your feet in the grass, Well, that kind of sounds like magic to me. You gonna let somebody take that from you? I didn't think so. Love y'all. I'll talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.